Welcome to the Denver Community Church Teaching Podcast. Whether you attend our 10 a.m. gathering on Sundays here in Denver, are just checking us out, or listen every week from far away, our hope is that by engaging with Scripture, together we can explore and participate in the life of Jesus so that we can be a healing presence in our world. As you listen to this teaching, allow it to begin a conversation between you and God, you and the Bible, and you and your community. If you have any questions about DCC or this teaching, you can email us at info at denverchurch.org. To get connected or find out more about what's going on in and around our community, you can visit our website at denverchurch.org or download our app by searching Denver Community Church in the App Store. And if you want to financially support the healing work we are doing as we invest in our community while setting aside 20% of every dollar given to support our partners locally and around the globe, you can text the words Denver Church to 77977. That's Denver Church to 77977. Know that spaces like ours can only exist through the radical generosity of those who call DCC home. Thank you for being here. Let's get to the teaching. Well, good morning. Good to see all of you. I don't know if you noticed, it's pretty subtle, but behind me there's a big metal tank. And uh, I was told this morning by one person that they grew up in the country and that they used to swim in a tank like this in the summertime and it was their pool. Anyone else have that? Yeah, I actually, um, I grew up on acreage with horses. Some of you find that hard to believe probably, like you don't see me as a cowboy, but I can ride. Uh, And we had one like twice the size of this and here's why we never swam in it. We used to find dead squirrels in it all the time. And uh, I probably ruined everything by telling you that this morning. Uh, but we're doing, we have this up here because we're going to participate. We have people who are going to participate in baptism this morning. Now, baptism historically in the church, there's a lot of different reasons for doing it. But what I want us to do is kind of contemplate what was the central symbol for the early Christians with regard to baptism. And I I think that Paul, in his letter to the church in Rome, points to this when he says this. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Now, this language of baptism that Paul refers to here wasn't unique to Christianity. It actually was a symbol that was a part of a lot of religions in the ancient world, including Judaism, and it spoke about this participation in the life of God. It really was this idea of initiation. And the idea of initiation is that something is dying so that something new can be born. This is a truth that we see throughout the world in which we live, this death and this renewal. Right now we're living in fall, we're watching the trees, uh, the trees turn and the leaves fall. They'll go into the ground, they'll provide nutrients for the soil, and what will that do? It will eventually bring about new life in the spring. This is the image that Paul is giving around baptism. And it was this idea that the early Christians clung to, that they would go under the water and that they would come back up, symbolizing the death and symbolizing the resurrection of Jesus. 
And for them, they, they referred to it in two different ways. One way was called sacramentum, and the other was mysterion, or in our language, sacrament and mystery. Now, the word sacrament actually had its roots in the Roman military. If you were a soldier in the Roman military, you would participate in a sacrament. And the word sacrament speaks toward loyalty or fidelity. And so when you were conscripted into the Roman army, you would participate in a sacrament as a way of saying, I am loyal to Rome. I am loyal to Caesar. And so when we talk about baptism as a sacrament, it is a way of expressing one's loyalty to God, one's fidelity to Jesus. The other word was mystery or mysterion. And it was this idea, the reason they gave it that is they said when you undergo these sacraments, when you undergo the waters of baptism, there is in fact a union with Christ. And that word mystery for us, in some ways in our context, we've lost it a little bit. Because when we think of mystery, you might think of like a novel. And it starts out where someone discovers a dead body or someone discovers a robbery or something was broken into. And in the first part of the book, you're reading it and you're thinking to yourself, I have no idea who did it. And then you begin reading and cleverly the author kind of unpacks things and eventually you realize, oh, this is what happened. We hear mystery and we think, well, this is a code to be cracked or this is a story to be understood or explained. But that's not the way mystery was understood in the ancient world. Mystery was something that lay beyond words, beyond explanation. In fact, mystery was not something that you were supposed to ever explain or figure out. Rather, mystery was something that was meant to be enjoyed. Mystery was something that was meant to be embraced. Mystery ultimately was something that was meant to be experienced. I mean, think about the most important things in your life. How do you explain them? We just watched parents come up here with their children. I guarantee you, if you sat with those parents and said, explain to me why you love your child and make it make sense, they'd probably look at you like you're a moron because you asked the question that an imbecile would ask. Because how do you explain it? How do you explain that all of a sudden this life comes into the world that has done nothing for the parents? And yet loving parents in that immediate moment would say, I would give my life for this child in the blink of an eye. How exactly do you explain that? We might say it's a mystery. It's something to be enjoyed and embraced and experienced. How many of you have been to a good rock show lately, a concert, a really good one? Do you explain it or do you say things like, you had to be there? Or you find yourself explaining it and you see like this glaze come over someone else's eyes of sheer boredom and you realize no matter how many words you give to this, it's never going to land and it's never going to make sense. Why? Because what you experienced in those hours listening to the music and watching the performance, you can't put it into words. And isn't it interesting that the things that mean the most to us are things that transcend any kind of neat and tidy explanation? 
you find yourself not being able to explain it. And, And this is where the early church was when it came to Jesus. How exactly do you explain union with Christ? How exactly do you explain the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus in a way where you're saying, I'm participating in that now in my own life? Well, you don't explain it. The best you can do is you can undergo something. You can experience something. You can participate in a symbol like baptism where you not only feel something and undergo something, but people witness you undergoing this and in a way that you can't quite explain, it begins to make a little bit more sense. This is the image, this is the symbol that the early church invited people to participate in, to go into the waters of baptism, to undergo something, and in doing so say, my life is now identified with the story of Jesus. You see, this is something that's important for us today and something we ought to pay attention to because what it does is it actually transcends what we commonly think of is the gateway, so to speak, into the Christian faith, the gateway being belief. In our time that we live in, coming out of the modern era, we think oftentimes that religion or the Christian faith is about mental assent to a certain amount or a certain number of beliefs, and they have to be the right beliefs, and you have to believe the right things about them. And this is what it means to be a Christian. This is what it means to follow Jesus. You believe certain things, and that has its place. But it also is pretty fragile because one day you might experience something, and all of a sudden you look at these beliefs and you say, I'm not sure what I've been told is true adds up with what I experienced just now. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? And all of a sudden, you show back up to all of the people who've told you what to believe and you begin asking questions and say, I experienced this and it doesn't add up with what you've told me to believe. And oftentimes the people who have made their living telling you what to believe say things like, I'm so glad you're questioning the foundations of all the things that we've taught you to believe, right? No. They say, there's the door. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Oh, and by the way, there's some gift boxes on your way out if you'd like to give. You see, belief can become a very fragile thing. But when you begin talking about your identity being rooted in the life of Jesus, you're no longer talking about something you believe. You're talking about someone who you have become because of the grace and the mercy and the love and the forgiveness of Jesus. An identity rooted in that is far different than a belief that we ascend to. And so this morning, this is what we're going to celebrate. We have some friends with us, some people who are a part of the DCC family who are going to get into this tank, who are going to go under the water, and who are going to come back up, symbolizing that something has died and something new is being reborn in them and through them into this new life, which is why we call this morning a celebration. 
Because what we're witnessing is not just a belief system, we're actually witnessing something that we see in the Christ, that we see is a very feature of the universe that is held together by God. We're watching those who are enjoying, embracing, and experiencing a mystery, who have been graced by God. And so in a few minutes when they come up, they'll share some of their story and talk about why they're doing this, and then they're going to get into the tank. And when they do, we'll say words like these. We baptize you now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of Jesus' death and raised in the likeness of Jesus' resurrection. And when they come up out of the water, you all cheer. I've heard better cheers at a middle school band concert. <laughs> and we all know how those go. You all cheer. There it is. And we're cheering for that which cannot be explained. We're cheering for that which can only be enjoyed and embraced and experienced. We're cheering for the new life that we're witnessing unfold in front of us. We're cheering because someone has said, I have found my identity in the story of Jesus. So let me pray for us, and then we'll have our friends come up one by one. We'll hear their stories, and then uh, we'll celebrate with them as they go into the waters of baptism. God, we do thank you that you have given us very tactile, very sensory things that we can do so that we can have an experience, a symbol that proclaims who you are to us and who we are in you. As we hear these stories that are about to be told, may we recognize the sacredness of each one. May we recognize that each and every sibling that comes up is graced and is held and is loved as we all are by you. We pray these things together in the strong name of Jesus, whose death, burial, and resurrection we proclaim. We pray these things in his name. Amen. Thanks for engaging this teaching with us as we continue to explore and participate in the life of Jesus so that we can be a healing presence in the world. Before you go, we wanted to highlight a few things going on in the life of our community. Project Renew encourages people to become everyday peacemakers by cultivating partnerships and curating immersive experiences that thoughtfully and compassionately move toward the brokenness in us and the world. 20% of every dollar you give to DCC goes to Project Renew to support our partners locally and around the world. To learn more about Project Renew and how you can get involved, visit projectrenew.org. To stay connected with all that's happening in the life of our community, we encourage you to sign up for our weekly email or download our DCC app. Again, thank you for joining us on our podcast today. It's a privilege to journey together.